today on the TCP. Welcome back. We've got Gabe. And we've got Stephen. Thank you. <laughs> and we also have my wife. My wife. Your wife. Allison. Allie Burnett. Good to be here again. Thanks for being here. Always a pleasure. You add an invaluable enrichment, enriching angle perspective to mm. this cast. And, and otherwise, would being be. able to look over at you, it's almost like looking at the sun in Teletubbies with <laughs> the baby's face in the middle just smiling down at me. And that's how I feel. What is that emotion? When I look at you, like innocent joy. On your part. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Speaking of innocence, bedazzled. Today we're talking about a movie called Blonde. Blonde. And it's about Frank Ocean's album. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I wish. (laughs) That'd be a better movie. It's (laughs) the the album is a better movie. Today we're talking about um, we're all discussing a movie that we kind of like a little bit. But some of us maybe maybe don't like it all. It comes and goes. It depends on the time of day how i feel about it mm. which it was only two hours ago that i saw it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the new marilyn monroe slash norma jean andrew dominic directed semi-biographical work <laughs> mostly fictional based off of a book by a uh, person named Joyce Carol Oates. Joyce she's, Carol Oates. She's a pretty. She's a pretty famous writer. She's written like countless novels. I read some of her short stories in college. She wrote a book called Blonde, essentially a fictional retelling of semi-factual things that events that transpired in Marilyn Monroe's life. So similarly uh, dishonest. <laughs> yes, I would say actually this movie was probably more dishonest than Spencer, the other sort of fictional. Really? Retelling. Oh yeah. More. Yeah. 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 More yeah. dishonest, less honest. Maybe the le- the least biopic <laughs> biopic I've ever, well, ever seen. It's well, this is technically not considered even a biopic. No, it's not because it's, it's biographical fiction. It's not Ooh. even considered that. Allie claims that it's not considered biographical fiction. It's like, what do we, what do we call once upon a time in Hollywood? We call it. I, for a second, I thought you were going to stop at Once Upon a Time, which is the ABC show about the retelling of the, the live-action Disney princesses. What? And I was like, whoa, you're really going there. That's definitely fiction. But yes, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is is revisionist history fiction. That's the word. Yeah, revisionist yeah. history, yeah. But this was like less about facts and more about tone than anything. And that's where I think it bothers a lot of people. Correct. It's not in the retelling of events, but in the impression it gives of the character of Marilyn and the person of Norma Jean. And you and I recently discussed Moonage Daydream. Yeah. Which is a doc that mainly tried to make something that made you feel Mm -hmm. through tone the life of a human being rather than a fictional narrative, not doc. Right. That's trying to make you feel something through tone like this movie is about Marilyn Monroe's life. Yeah. Moonage Daydream, David Bowie. Brett Morgan. It was an experience based in reality. And, but, you know, he's trying to make you feel like you know David Bowie almost intimately through 
the majesty of light and sound. The magic of cinema. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is an is a fictional narrative trying to make you and have the same visceral response about this person's life. But and it was visceral. My response. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the major like like vomiting. <laughs> no. One of the major like criticisms that I was reading about was the fact that it it makes viewers feel like it's just kind of exploiting Marilyn Monroe yeah. and traumatizing her like throughout the entire film or like it's it's about making her suffer almost um which I thought was a really interesting perspective cuz clearly she did go through a lot of trauma in her life yeah. but the repetitive visuals that are used in this film are very intense from um, like abortion scenes to abuse as a child to rape to, I mean, you name it. And mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe or Norma Jean, she's experiencing it in the film. It's and relentless. It's, too. it's relentless, it relentless and it's in your face. And, and I do like. It focuses in an exploitive manner. Yeah. Exploitative. The same, the same things over and over again, like you said. Uh, miscarriages, which was a reoccurring thing in her life, as but, well as abortions. Yes, but it, but it was over and over and over in your face here. Rumors about 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 relationships and sexual relationships, her past trauma potentially that she had with her absentee father, and it was just rubbing those things in your face throughout the whole film. And like Ali was just saying, like focusing on those traumas in in almost like a a way that shat on Marilyn Monroe's actual life. (laughs) Well, what's interesting is Marilyn Monroe is already an icon in which there are so many conspiracy theories about her death alone, JFK. I mean, there's like endless dialogue about her life, her persona, and speculation about her. So this film, and I'm assuming the book, it's just taking all of that and bringing it to a super heightened level. And it's focusing on not only like some of the darker truths, but then it's using the fictional events to also kind of enlarges her trauma It's and her suffering. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. A lot of mixed feelings about the film because I, like with Spencer, I want to hear what you have to say, but I was just going to say with Spencer... I feel like it was done in a creative way where mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like I was boxed in this like cage of suffering with Diana. It was yeah. kind of like you do see her demise and you do see this like gradual like sad you experience the sadness of kind of what she goes through and compassion for her character. But it's not to the extent that this film did with yeah. like uh, like you're literally seeing Spencer was like sad and um claustrophobic Mm. and at times uh Mm -hmm. what was the other adjective i had i lost it well but cinematographic as well like there was like a a level of proficiency in spencer well but i would credit if any if nothing else blonde had an artistic approach to the cinematography but the difference in tone like ali was saying is that it's so oppressively dark and sad, mm-hmm. and uh, I've I've seen the expression or the term misery porn thrown out a lot, and I would totally mm. use that here, where it is just like I I even had a hard time watching it, and usually I love stuff that's kind of like yeah, 
not just cynical, but like darker or emotionally distraught. Mm -hmm. But this whole story, uh, and I don't know anything about Marilyn or Norma Jean, her legacy or the, the the greater truth to like who she was, what she represented. I want to quickly say I also don't know anything about her. There we go. Yeah. We've established our ignorance. What about you, Allie? Allie, are you ignorant? I know some about her, but honestly, <laughs> the movie led me to like look up more a little bit about her past. Yeah. Um, which was just a complete rabbit trail. I would love interesting. I want to do that now too, because what I was going to say is that she was constantly in this film victimized or, and oftentimes, uh, uh, infant, what's the expression? Infantilized, Mm. which is like, she has no agency and she's reduced to like being a uh, passenger, not only a passenger in her life, but like everything is just intensely (laughs) depressing Uh in this film. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, I don't know. Sometimes that is the fact of the matter, and there's truth to that, and there probably certainly is truth to her, the tragedy of her story. Because I mean, a lot of this is based in you know real life events, you know, even loosely. But it was just it was hard for me to watch. Is what mm-hmm. I was saying. Like, and oftentimes I'll, I'll appreciate those things for what they are in other stories, but this marinated in it in such a way. And I know Andrew Dominic's no stranger to th- this kind of meditatively depressing uh, atmosphere and tone like one of his claims to fame is the assassination of Jesse James Jesse James By which the coward is, before. Yeah, kind of a similar vibe but hmm. uh, yeah I, I've heard so many people say it is misrepresentative of Marilyn Monroe who she was what she represented well let me let's talk about Andrew Dominic for a second like I, I don't know everything I, I don't know him personally but I have read a few articles about him because this this movie's been on the hype train for a long time. Yeah, like we're talking over a year for many reasons. One is the yes. rating. <laughs> the rating, yes. This is rated NC seventeen. Why? <laughs> because of intense intense depictions of rape. That's why. And child abuse. Plenty of nudity. Well, it's it's mainly the intense depictions of rape, but even child abuse is another reason. We even got a little bit of presidential sure. penis skyrocketing climaxes anyway you were saying um, <laughs> andrew andrew dominic seems to be a self-indulgent individual yeah pretentious <laughs> yeah and like like similarly and i again i don't know this person but to who i imagine or how i imagine michael bay to be <laughs> like kind of like a He's the a, artistic michael bay i'm gonna make this or even like quentin tarantino right a little bit different to me to me, Michael Bay is like, I'm going to make this thing the way I'm going to make it, and I don't give a fuck. And that's how Andrew Dominic comes off. Quentin Tarantino, I feel like, has this deep sense and, and rootedness in cinema where there's like a, a respect there, even though he still doesn't give a fuck. But yeah. like, it's, it's, a, it's a bit different from like the attitude that Michael Bay brings from, from what I've heard from people that have worked with him onto his sets and stuff. And Andrew Dominic seems to kind of come from the same sort of vein of like people were speaking up about the NC-17 rating about this film year like like before way before it was even released before people have even seen it his response was an NC-17 Marilyn Monroe film fuck yeah I'd see that movie like that was his response you know and that's not really the kind of respect I think you should be attributing to an icon like Marilyn Monroe, so or just a person. Yeah. Well, well, such auteurs it becomes problematic with nonfiction 
when you start to take so many liberties with, you know, historical events yeah. and like sure. the truth of a person's sure, character, sure, sure, like sure. a real person. And even if it's true, but still unpopular, people will still have problems with it. But this was untrue and just still dark and unpopular as it was. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently I was just reading that some, that um, his other three films are similar in that they all kind of deconstruct myths that exists in the public consciousness. So it makes sense if that kind of was his it's part of his aim in terms of like, sure. But at the same time, is it, it just seems like he's using a person, right? Yeah. Yes. It's exploiting, exploiting yeah. Marilyn Monroe and the Exploitative. myths Exploitative. surrounding her to create this kind of commentary. And also, like mentioned before, just like focus on the suffering. Yeah. And he seems as, to be... as, as like untrue as some of it was. Yeah. And he seems to be disingenuous about it. Uh, in press, it mm-hmm. seems like he doesn't really care about mm-hmm. it's more about the art, it, like, um, veracity and authenticity. It's mostly about, well, we already mentioned like he potentially, we don't really know him, but he potentially has an ego as a, an artist and he wants to tell his story and doesn't really care for what he did direct a few episodes of mine hunter. I'll give him that. Mm. There we go. He's pretty good. <laughs> no, he's actually, I, I like, I also really like the assassination of Jesse James with a coward Robert Ford. Well, we should talk about what we did like about this then. What we did like. Yeah. Um, I thought it was shot. Well, it would, I feel like Andrew and his team <laughs> should just be photographers because this yeah. movie, I really, really loved almost every frame of it. Yeah. Visually, well, it was spectacular. I was just going to say too, well, that's literally part of one thing I did like is he's using the famous photographs. Yeah. Literally like the still images yes. throughout the film over and over again, over and <laughs> over again to create the narrative and uh-huh. obviously con- comment on like the the icon, the myth, the, the images we are, we're all familiar with. Yeah. What did you guys think about Ana de Armas' performance? It was fine. <laughs> I I liked s- some of it. The accent broke through way too much. Way too much. Way right. too much. Yeah. They should have um, just done, sorry, because of recency bias, but apparently Harry Styles and Don't Worry Darling was supposed to be just be an American the whole time and it was just insufferable and yeah. so they said just be a Brit. Yeah. I feel like you can do that with biopics or soft biopics, whatever you want to call this. Just have Anna Dharma's do her voice <laughs> because she doesn't even really look like her and she was she certainly wasn't capturing, yeah. in my opinion, because of Andrew's, like what he wanted to make. It wasn't really capturing Marilyn, but in my opinion, I thought Anna Dharma's was really good. <laughs> I think she's a great actress. Um, At least, like emo- the emotion she portrays is so yeah. The emotion yeah, was one like really authentic. I thought her performance was great. I think the voice is the thing that throws me. Yeah, but yeah. like, but watching her fully break down and scream over and over and Brutal. over again, mm-hmm. well, she did a great job doing that. Like, I it, she was the only reason I kept watching, to be honest. Yeah, and I wouldn't criticize her for the voice. I know she's been no, I don't about- criticize her at all. She's like, honestly, <laughs> she was the, she was the glue holding the film together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there were some other good performances too in the film. Obviously, Adrian Brody's always strong. Whoever they had playing Chaplin Junior was was cool. Joe DiMaggio. It wasn't Joe. Was oh, it? I mean, they might. I they had what's his name is Joe, the great character actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who always plays the Italian? Mm-hmm. Yes. Schmo. That, I always liked that guy, but he was kind of unremarkable in the film. 
So the the threesome was really interesting, and I know that's fictional, um, but that was a really interesting. That was Chaplin Junior, mm-hmm. and it was another junior, mm-hmm. Eddie Robinson or something. I don't know who that is, but I didn't even know Chaplin had a kid who was like caught up in that yeah. whole sphere. Yeah, and they, I mean, they use that as like this. They see her for Nor- as Norma Jean. They see past the persona, right? Or at least that's what they. Well, in that, yeah, that's how she feels comfortable with them because of that. She feels Um, known to them. Yeah. But then um, the whole, you know, she calls every older man she ends up marrying. Well, she only marries a few men, but they're all older and she calls them daddy. That was a trip. Throughout the film. That was one of the things. And I know it's whatever. That was a little. For me personally, that really really just upset me watching the film for sure maybe i've been in the wrong parts of the internet but i was that was i was like <laughs> i think I the film is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable though yeah. sure. like it's, it's really well, uncomfortable like i would that. not recommend this to many people to be honest like you have to like be able to take a lot who would you recommend it to Allie? someone who can take a lot i don't know i'd have to think <laughs> can about you take it. a lot steven yes steven can. can take a lot <laughs> yeah but <laughs> and did <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, Bobby Cannavale. Bobby Cannavale. He's. I love that man. I don't know. Maybe just because I love. He's, he's great. Italians, but uh, Italian and her mom too. I thought was a good actress. Another great score too by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, who have worked with Dominic in the past. I think they did his assassination score. Yeah, great artists. But yeah, honestly, and again, we've mentioned the runtime. It's almost three hours. It really felt like it. <laughs> it's like a two forty nine. Like a lot. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I skipped 20 minutes. (laughs) Netflix has a 1.5 speed option for those who care. I, there's not that on playback on our TV though. Only when I, only on our computer. It's on mobile. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, not that I endorse, uh, you know, such an affront. But okay. But there was a repetitious nature to this film. Yeah. That basically, it really tried to show you that she was kind of like in this stuck in this perpetual cycle of it wants you to live her fictional trauma yeah. yes. and, and her real trauma yeah it just wants you to sit until in it over she, and over she again kills herself in the end yeah which, which is, is the conspiracy of is that like, how they what i mean that she like she it's a drug a drug overdose dies or takes a, a bunch of pills and then and then that that frame and frame the double exposure where she's hugging the pillow and still alive yes. and smiling while she's dead right next to that. Okay. That was the end frame of the film. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, then it cuts to um, seeing her feet hanging off the bed. That yeah. was the end frame of the mm-hmm. film. All the familial trauma was really interesting, generational trauma. So that made me look at what was true in terms of that, and it was fascinating what her family like just just the threads the common threads yeah so just short synopsis her mom was schizophrenic and she was put in into a mental institute i think on and off she did have a relationship with her mom um on and off and then her mom's brother so her uncle committed suicide her mom's both of her mom's parents, her grandparents, were both institutionalized. Mm-hmm. Her mom's grandpa, her great-grandpa, hung himself. It's like Jeez. like generation after generation of suicide and mental, mental health issues. Yeah. It's really, really sad. And like 
yeah. um, was asked. very startling because sometimes you, th- you see like, oh, the parent to the child, but it's just like literally like generation after generation after generation. And it's just. She does ask at one point if it's like inherited and that was sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want, I had one more question to ask you guys, if I could, if I may be so bold. You the may. dialogue in this film, the way it was written, daddy. Uh, seemed not just the daddy stuff, but just generally everything. Uh, I was curious how you guys felt about it because it was, to me, very stylized, very not naturalistic speaking <laughs> dialogue. I was curious if that was difficult for you guys at all, especially in the beginning before your mind adjusts to it subconsciously. Like it was really I think they pl- I think they kind of play into that mid-Atlantic dialect or what do you want to call it accent like persona that was old Hollywood mm-hmm. like okay. the Cary Grant and the they have this it's it's literally called it's like a, a made up yeah. accent called mid-Atlantic I and I think they kind of play into that They did play into it. I feel like it was an attempt at it. I don't it I, wasn't done I well. I couldn't say though, like, yeah, I, I don't know if it wasn't done well. I just couldn't say one way or another whether it was successful. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it was very just middling to me, like very much in the median territory. Yeah. I me. particularly hated the way her mom was speaking. Oh. Uh, like, or maybe it was the way it was directed. I don't know if I blame the actress, but every word she said was just really frustrating for me to listen to. Mm-hmm. It was like, it felt very, um, not just un- unrealistic, but it just felt obtuse. Mm-hmm. Like some, someone was writing something for like a different kind of movie. Like it was almost poetry and it just it felt strange. I don't know. But I did appreciate the surrealist takes. I just want to say one other thing I did like, Andrew, thank you for um, the surrealism you injected into the story just a little bit to save it. Like early on where there, it, it might have actually been true to histor- historical events, but Norma Jean's mom like pulls her out and they're trying to escape a fire and the yeah the aesthetic of all the ash or stuff whatever it was in the air all the stuff with like the 2001 space odyssey fetus mm-hmm. was interesting to me <laughs> i don't know about speaking to the fetus that was a little bizarre where uh the metaphysical child is like communicating directly with right. norma, norma Jean. she's like i am your baby yeah <laughs> that was a little weird um, Again, it's all to create. Yeah, I feel like I would have loved this if it was just a little less dour. Give mm-hmm. Marilyn her moments to sure. shine and to be, yeah, uh, like a hero. You know I guess. what I think? I think you're totally right in saying that. Mm-hmm. It was it was just all down and no up. Yeah, and there's so. a lot of up in Marilyn Monroe's yeah. life. It's a sensationalistic story. Like it could have been more like yeah. uh, Elvisy, you know, like they yeah, did. Yeah, I mean, she she yeah, she reached success. I mean, she came from nothing. And like you you're craving that. It's like yeah. when you think of Marilyn Monroe, it's like glamour and intrigue and it's yeah. and not to fetishize and, to fetishize it either cuz no. it could easily fall the other way where yeah. it's like it's disregarding and, the right? tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, but you but to show both is important and that's yeah. why I think Stephen and I both liked Baz Luhrmann's thing is because it was sensationalizing all the parts of, mm-hmm. of Elvis's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, persona. Yeah. And this was just like, like I said, the misery porn. Yeah. So it was really tough to watch. Probably maybe the first film in a while where I just straight up wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Yeah, I don't know if <laughs> for I that, would. But for that reason, you know, it's like, who's going to really enjoy this two hour, 40 something minute production in a sitting? You know, it's like, you, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Just go watch a different Andrew Dominic film. 
I hear killing them softly is pretty good. It would have been nice to have like a biopic of the same caliber of filmmaking and artistry about Marilyn Monroe's life instead of ta- them taking so much liberty with. Yeah, I mean, they decided to make a book, right? They yeah. decided to make the book. They didn't decide. It, to it's make just it. a, it's just unfortunate because like if they would have stuck more true to her personhood, it would have been a fantastic film, I think. And yeah, it's quite quite a story to tell. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that is Blonde. Blonde, out now on Netflix. NC-17, so don't take your kids to your couch to watch it. Did you say or Na- most adults. Did you say Nancy-17? No, <laughs> NC. Did I say Nancy? No. NC, NC-17. That means... It sounds like you're saying Nancy. Nancy. Well, I was Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> what is NC not? I have to say NC-17 does not mean pornographic. So but it there, can mean that. <laughs> it can, but in this context, yeah, there was no. Well, there was that one part where well, like. Well, there's a lot of nudity. Well, no, but, where you see like the opening. Oh, of, the inside of Marilyn's vagina. Yeah, I didn't see that part. It, it was twice. It happened twice. <laughs> well, I, I honestly wasn't watching the whole movie, so because it was well, too, because it was too you didn't much. miss anything. It was a little, but it wasn't. You didn't see her vagina. It was like looking at a nectarine you were, or something. You were looking out from inside it of her It was like the vagina. scene from the boys episode one. Uh, yeah. But no, minus but, the person tickling. But it was. <laughs> but you were looking at it from the, from the fetus's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> you were. Yeah. So. It, it was in an it, abortion really, it wasn't, sequence. Yeah. It wasn't, so it wasn't sexual. It was more like grotesque. Just, and so, just unnecessary. Yeah. Totally unnecessary. Uh, and I, I'll, go for, I'll, I'll go for a lot. I wonder what Ana de Armas <laughs> thinks of this movie. And not, not even like her performance in it, but like I wonder if she thinks that was a really good film, you know? Well, it's, it was yeah. probably a role that she was really intrigued to play. I mean, it's, it's sure. a very once in a lifetime role. And I'm sure she's, she's proud of it. And I do have to say, I think like critics are kind of divided on it because some people are seeing its artistry and saying that it's genius, and other people are seeing it and saying it's a total piece of shit. Like, know. it's like, I, it's like very split. I've mm. seen like 10 out of 10s and zero out of 10s. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. What Which would is you, what would a you give super it? polarizing film. If you had to rate it, Steven. Fate of the Universe on the line. Unfortunately, un- and I really, I'm sad that I have to say this. <laughs> I would give it like a two or three out of 10. Damn. Which I don't, I don't ever rate movies that low, but I think this was an abomination oh to the God. memory of Marilyn Monroe. never said the A word before, I think, on the cast. Yes, I have. <laughs> abomination? To the memory of Marilyn Monroe. Okay, yes. that's fair. That's what I said. Stylistically, which, I'd, I'd rate it Which a wasn't bit its aim. Like, yeah. it was clearly exploiting well, her. Yeah. Like, there's no way he was like, this is to there commemorate were some, There were some interesting Marilyn things in it, Monroe. for sure. And, like, for, if, you, if you're the kind of cinephile where you're like, I got to see everything. There you go. That's the person I'd recommend this to. If you're not a cinephile, don't see it. <laughs> you know, having seen it now, and I wouldn't watch it again, but I do kind of wish I had seen it in a theater because that would have been cool for the uh, the visual spectacle of it. Being inside the vagina. Exactly. And Experiential out, yeah. uh, birth. Like you're, you are the one being born. I've always wanted to Monroe. experience being born. Out of Marilyn Monroe. Out of Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> I am Marilyn Monroe's It's a very child. unique uh, interest of mine. So, yeah. Anyway. Okay. We've, I think we've said enough. Any closing remarks, Allie? Allie's the... No, I don't have anything to say. 
Allie, what's your favorite film of the year so far? Ooh. You have to remind me of what I've seen. All right, and now we're going to cut to a song. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, all right, well, here's a song from Blonde. Yeah, a song from the score. Mm-hmm. 